Podcast Answer Man, episode number 123. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Today, I'm going to be talking about something I'll be honest with you, I know very little about. Something that sounds a little bit concerning. However, I want to do let you know that my approach is not to be an alarmist, but at the same time, I just want to share this with you so you know what's going on so far, as much as I know anyway. All right. What am I talking about? Uh, you know, there's a there are some folks out there in, in the world that are just outright alarmists. And anytime something that sounds like it might go wrong, they're quick to jump on it. And it's like, oh, it's the end of the world as we know it. And I'm definitely not one of those kind of people. Although when I, when I get an email, such as the one that I received from my friend Andrew M., I... I was a little bit concerned, and so let me just see let, see if I can tell you a little bit about this. I get an email that simply says "pat uh, pat let's see podcasting patent awarded to California company is the subject line or something like that. And anyway, Andrew M sent me an email saying I was shocked to see that a company was actually uh, has actually patented episodic media. How is that possible? It's unbelievable that episodic media could be patented. The impossible or the possible implications of this are very troublesome. And to me, it is a threat to freedom of expression. What do you think? And he says, on a more positive note, I will probably be contacting you soon for some consulting services. I want to ramp up my podcast and social media marketing and hopefully follow you in your footsteps and pursue my passion and do what I love full time. Well, first of all, Andrew, uh, thank you for the alerting me to this podcasting patent story, which I'm going to be sharing a little bit about. But for you, uh, being somebody that's thinking about doing something you love for a living and following your passion, I really want to encourage you to check out episode number 425 of Pursuing a Balanced Life. So if you just go to pursuingabalancedlife.com, and choose episode, and then browse down through the archives to episode number four hundred twenty-five. It's called "Follow Your." Let's see, follow your passion, and the money will follow. And I think that's it's got some very important advice to anybody who would consider the possibility of of changing their career and doing something on their own that ha- is more in line with their passion. And I give, I think I give at least seven things that I think that are required to to have any level of success. And and it's come from a lot of things that I've read, but a lot of things that I have a lot of experience in now over the last 18, 19, 20 months of my life uh, where I've been on this journey. So I would definitely in, uh, encourage you to check that out. But anyway, here's here's the synopsis. I'm going to give you the quick breakdown, and I'm going to tell you that there's a, a, a company in California who has fi- who had filed for a patent on the method, the methodology of podcasting or recording episodic content that is available to be delivered across any platform out there or whatever the case may be. And I'll tell you what I did is I was listening as I was walking through the neighborhood the other day. I go on a walk about three and a half to five miles a day, five days a week. 
And as I was out for my walk, I was listening to This Week in Tech, episode number 207. And I decided, you know what? This is going to be great for me to open up this this dialogue on what this is. And I'll be honest with you, when it comes to patents, I know very little. Uh, when it comes to legality of just about anything, I know very little, except for when it comes to insurance law. I know as much as you want to know about insurance. But when it comes to to intellectual property or patents or any of that stuff, I really don't understand it all. And the one thing I do know is from what I have heard, not just with this story about podcasting, but just patenting in general, it just seems somewhat unfair that that you would be able to cut out all competition and, in my opinion, sometimes just downright innovation moving forward. And I would have to agree with what you're about ready to hear here, and that is that the patent system has to be broken. I mean, it, 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 this, if nothing else proved it, in my mind, this, this kind of uh, sums it up. But here's, here's what they said. This is a minute and 16 seconds in length. This is from episode number 207 of This Week in Tech, which you can find over at twit.tv, T-W-I-T. Dot TV could be problematic. Well, here's one that really, and that is, you're right. The the bottom line, and there's nothing to say. Patent system broken. A company called Volo Media says they invented podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's just too broad. I mean, they really have to learn to. Uh, I mean, we've had we've had this discussion a million times, Molly. Mm-hmm. On Buzz Out Loud in the past year over over patent disputes, and what it comes down to all the time is that people just put out these super broad patents, and then you know they expect it to like umbrella over all these different ideas, and it's just it's not specific enough, and it's there's always going to be problems like this going forward, and these you know frivolous lawsuits and patent problems. And remember when British Telecom said we we invented uh, hyperlinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, and and in Volo Media's in Volo Media's case, like. They definitely filed this patent a really long time ago, the original version, but then they amended it later to basically yeah, encompass the, the so technology long? that was specifically <laughs> podcasting. So then it's like, well, how can you, after the, after a ton of prior art has already been established, how can you go back and amend a patent filing to include all of that stuff? It just seems absolutely ridiculous that that patent should be granted at all. But since it was, there's no question that podcasting is in trouble from Volo Media. There is no question at all that podcasting is in trouble from uh, Volo Media. That is what Molly Wood said on This Week in Tech. Now, my thoughts on this is that, yeah, I'd say there is question as to whether or not this is that podcasting is in trouble. And, you know, again, I know very little about this stuff, but I will tell you, this is something that is very interesting to me because my entire livelihood, I mean, my entire livelihood is based upon podcasting. I, I mean, my business name, podcastanswerman.com, uh, you know, what? You know, all three forms of income that comes into me, whether it be through my subscription model of plus membership, whether it be through the equipment that I sell for podcasting, or whether it be through the consulting work that I do one-on-one with individuals, which is also for the realm of podcasting. Every single bit of it, you know, is all podcasting. This podcasting is my life, if you will. And and I, I don't mean that in a superficial way. And my life is so much more than podcasting. But my my source of income comes through the, the realm of podcasting. And if podcasting is just all of a sudden in trouble one day because a patent got awarded... 
you know, I, I would have to say that there's going to be a lot more to be said about this story. I just learned about this this past week. The episode number 207 was actually two weeks ago on This Week in Tech, but I had only just heard it. And I actually got the email from Andrew before I heard about it on uh, This Week in Tech. So who knows? There might already be a lot more information that I, than what I'm going to share with you in this session of Podcast Answer Man than what's already out there. So there's if you're aware of any other things out there, especially if it's in audio form, that would be excellent, uh, where other people are talking about the podcasting patent and Volo Media, please email me feedback at gspn.tv. Again, that's feedback at gspn.tv. I would love to hear more about it and I would love to just listen to it. I know that Leo Laporte does a show called This Week in Law and I would imagine that they probably brought this up, but I don't subscribe to that podcast. So if anybody's out there and you listen to that podcast and you know that there is an episode that deals with this, I would love to hear about it. Uh, please understand, while I'm, I may be, and my brand name may be the Podcast Answer Man, this is one where I am coming to you guys and saying, hey, I'm looking for answers on this one. And so if you know anything, please help me. To, to understand this. Now, again, I am not alarmed. I am not anxious about this at all, but I am a little bit concerned about, you know, such a story at face, you know, at face value. Now, with that being said, let me go ahead and just read to you some of the things that, that have come out. By the way, the, the, there, this showed up on a, I guess, some kind of law review, a, a, an intellectual property lawyer put together this article and put it on this site called lawdit.co.uk. And uh, the title of the article was Patent News, Californian Company Receives Patent for Podcasting. It was published on August 14th, 2009. And this is what it says. The Californian company, or I'm sorry, the Californian media analyst from firm Volo Media, that's V-O-L-O, Media, all one word it shows here, was granted a U.S. patent for the protection of, and I quote, a method of providing episodic media. The patent relates generally to personalized media, including the basic elements of podcasting. It is patent number 7,568,213 and was filed on November of 2003. Was awarded, it was awarded last week to Volo Media. The patent protects, and I quote, a method for providing episodic media, the method comprising providing a new, let's see, providing a user with access to a channel dedicated to episodic media, wherein the episodic media provided over the channel is predefined into one or more episodes by a remote publisher of the episodic media. Anyway, end quote. The Actually, the anyway was not in the quote, just in case you were wondering about that. Um, and by the way, I'm going to stop here just to read something from the uh, chat room. Sister Julie says, Cliff, is there such thing? Uh, let's see. Is there such a thing as lawyers experienced in podcasting and social media in general? I know that there is a lot going on with uh, Napster, etc. and all. Uh, but is there anything, any precedent or experience in this area? There are some folks who are, are starting to really do a lot of 
um, work in the new media space, not particularly just podcasting uh, specifically, but I, I I know that there is e- there's actually even uh, an insurance company that's developed some insurance product products for podcasters, people who podcast for a profession. So you can get like um, uh, podcasters liability where if you say something and somebody sues you because you slandered them, there there's actually a policy that is written for that. So I know that there's there's those kind of things, but I do know that there are lawyers out there that are specifically targeting new media, including podcasting, especially when it comes to copyright law, fair use, and 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 when it, and especially when it comes to uh, playing media and 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 sharing media in and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> Sister Julie says, "I hope that includes heresy." <laughs> I don't know, uh, but uh, I, if 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 it did, I certainly need that policy. Anyway, let, let's continue on with the article here. The patent, this patent, is not restricted to RSS-based podcasts. The patent bears close scrutiny by the personal community, computing community who will use their efforts to ensure podcasting remains accessible and free to use. But enforcing the patent could result in license fees for podcasters. And I just want to stress that it could. Enforcing the patent could result in license fees for podcasters. I want to stop reading for just a moment. And just share, you know, if, if this were the case, I'm at the point now, I don't know what such fees would be, but I would actually be forced to f- pay, pay those fees if fees were enforced. But I would imagine that depending on what these fees might be, if it became necessary to pay such, you know, fees or licenses, I can imagine that that podcasting would be the same. I mean, the, the podcasting community is what it is because it is so free and easy to use. And to think that somebody could take something so broad and just all of a sudden to cut, just to be awarded a patent for creating episodes of content and delivering it. I mean, come on. I mean, get something at least a lot more specific than that. But uh, and the fact that it's not even just restricted to RSS, it's, it's something so much more broad. Ah, my blood boils just thinking about it. I'm not upset and thinking that I'm going to lose my ability to podcast or I'm going to lose my podcasting, you know, uh, business here. And, and I really don't even see them enforcing this thing. But I'm going to read some other things that may you maybe you take this the different way. And I'd love to hear back from you. Anyway, it says here. The patent could also apply to iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook. Apple, though, let's see, through its iTunes platform, distributes podcasts and radio broadcasts to millions of people. Volo Media's founder, and I think it's Murgesh Navar. Anyways, um, Murgesh Navar claims that the patent filing in 2003 was made almost a year before the start of podcasting. Now, with I, and then basically um, it says in the article, however, this is inconsistent with other sources and Wikipedia's page on podcasting states that podcasting began to take hold in late 2004. Now, with that being said, I've heard, and again, this is just something I've heard. This is completely rumor, secondhand, actually, it may even be fourthhand knowledge, so please understand that when I say it, but I've heard that the patent, the original patent was in 2003. And from what I took from Mollywood and other sources that I can't remember right now, 
I've been reading a lot on this stuff. But anyway, that that they actually modified the patent to be very specific, but not exclusive to podcasting later down the road. All right. So it says here, patents for broad inventions for things that have already been invented may harm our ability to invent. The problem is exacerbated by the super compensatory damages system for patents under American law. Let me tell you something, my friends. The, the one thing, the only thing that really concerns me is this. If I, I don't know anything about the American compensatory damages, blah, 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 about patents. But if that happens to mean that I'd have to pay a license fee for every episode, for every podcast that I've ever produced and also need to do it going forward, uh, going forward, maybe that wouldn't burn my bottom. But uh, if I were to have to to pay for a license fee, and, and let's just say they came out and did something ridiculous, that some high amount of uh, $10 per episode or something crazy like that. Um, I am sitting on, today, I will be release, uh, recording uh, my 1,568th podcast episode. If I would have to go and file pay fees for every one of those episodes, th- something like that could potentially put somebody like me out of business, you know, if it was something, if it was a ridiculous amount. So again, that is a worst case scenario, something I have, I I do not even believe for a second is going to be possible. In fact, you know, this thing seems so outrageous, so outlandish that if, if all of a sudden they required podcasters to get licensing and to pay fees for every episode or for your podcast, I'm thinking that you know, there's there's going to be an outcry, and by golly, I would be a part of it. And I'm not calling everybody to battle, you know, to their battle stations just yet. And I don't even foresee the need in the near future. I just saw the story and I couldn't ignore it, being you know that this is the podcast Answer Man show. So, anyway, with that being said, uh, however, Murgesh Navar has assured the community, the computing community, that it is Volo Media's intent to work collaboratively with key participants in the industry. Uh, It is hoped that the patent will further growth and accelerate the market rather than impede it. All right. Now, uh, I'm not sure how how much later, but uh, Volo Media actually did a little follow-up. This is from their website, which you can find at volomedia.com slash blog. Uh, it is it is from July of 2009, and it's called Volo Media's Podcasting Patent Follow-Up. So this is directly from their blog. This is what it says. Some of it actually concerns me a little uh, with their wording. Anyway, after reading many of the reactions to our patent announcement yesterday, I want to clarify our plans and implications as it relates to the patent. First... It is important to note that the companies routine that companies routinely apply for and receive technology patents. Oh, thanks for letting us know, by the way. Uh, anyway, as it takes many years to obtain a patent, it is also quite typical for methods described by the patent to have become relatively commonplace by the time the patent actually is, is issued. Volo Media's situation is no exception. Second, it is well known that sometimes patents end up in the hands of entities that have neither products nor technologies, but just hold and obtain patents to pursue infringing behavior 
through li- li- uh, through litigation. Volo Media is not one of these. All right, so hopefully that's a little bit of, um, uh, you know, sigh of relief. Anyway, it does say this though. We are a real business, a founding member of the ADM, which if you're not familiar with ADM, uh, that is the Association for Downloadable Media. Now, I will tell you, I was a founding member of ADM myself. I, I have not paid for my renewal. And the reason personally I haven't paid for my renewal of ADM is because it just seems so bent on advertising and and creating standards for podcasting for advertisers uh, that it, it just was, you know, it's, it's, it's a completely different realm. And to be honest with you, I just, you know, it's just too many emails. It was a lot of emails and a lot of stuff that currently at this point in time wasn't affecting me. Though, who knows? With this, I may try to keep a little bit closer watch on this thing as, uh, you know, it, it, it seems to me like, you know, you get the wrong people too much power and and it can be something that's uh it could be dangerous what what some people may decide and all of a sudden you know when there's a patent involved and all of a sudden it's like oh well you're required to do things this way uh any anything that takes away the freedom and the flexibility of podcasting and, and again i'm not saying it will and i'm not saying it has anything to do with that i'm just sharing my thoughts really off the top of my head I haven't had a lot of conversation about this with anybody other than Andrew. He and I exchange a few short emails, but uh, so you're getting a lot of this stuff just as I'm thinking through it myself. But anyway, uh, we are, they continue. We are a real business, a founding member of the ADM and an engaged participant in the episodic media download ecosystem with marquee publishing customers such as uh, with marquee publisher custom, Customers such as ABC News, MSNBC, Fox News, Washington Post, and PRI, just to name a few. We also have a great deal of appreciation for the efforts of podcasters in setting the early trend towards RSS-based episodic downloads. However, from our vantage point, downloaded and portable media are currently not on par with web browser-delivered media. Portable media is still too cumbersome for the consumer and really difficult for publishers to measure and monetize when compared to web browser delivered media. And you know what? I'm completely okay with that. Um, of course, there are a lot of people who want to um, who want to be able to monetize and 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 kind of measure activity of podcasting the same way that you would measure other forms of media and and I just have always accepted that podcasting is unique and it's different and it's not necessarily a return on investment in the same way as it is a return on you know relationships it's a return on your your connection to your community there there's so much more than just you know how many how many people are downloading my content and and how do I measure that? And how? What kind of standards can I do to help me make make the more most efficient use of my advertising dollars when it comes to uh, you know advertising and podcasting? And it's, there's so much more to it than that. Although I'm excited that people are working those things out. That's what the ADM was founded for. It was founded to help out that aspect of it. But I don't think a patent is necessary. For, for people to work on be, on developing things to make it a little bit more consumer friendly 
And I and I'm not saying that it's cumbersome. You know, I agree that it is cumbersome for some of the commu- consumers out there. It, podcasting isn't an easy thing to grasp. Uh, it you know people don't hear podcasts and it's like oh I'm just gonna go and download that. It's it, it takes there's a little bit of a learning curve even as a consumer. And so with that, but but the thing is is that millions of people have learned what podcasting is it's not impossible and and sometimes it takes a while for things to get caught on and and i don't remember anybody putting out a patent for a blog which by the way isn't that episodic content i don't know is blogging in trouble with this patent i have no idea i haven't heard anybody say that but uh anyway moving forward as many of you may be aware volo media which i was not aware of this until just now Volo Media has been working hard to address these challenges using, for example, its unique iTunes plugin to provide anonymous statistical sampling of the consumer consumption of RSS-based media in iTunes, Media Player, iPods, and iPhones via Google Analytics. So basically, I guess Volo Media has created some kind of plugin that you can put into iTunes and it will measure, you know, it's kind of like a Nielsen rating system where people can volunteer to install this plugin and it will help measure their things. It's kind of like being a part of, you know, being one of the Nielsen families where you write down all the things or there's a little box that measures what shows or what channels you're watching at what times, that kind of thing, that kind of program. Anyway, it says here, podcasters can freely use this technology without becoming Volo Media customers and build their own Nielsen-like panel audiences. This is completely free to podcasters and no commercial relationship or even a registration with Volo Media is required. Now coming, let's see, now coming more specifically to Volo Media's motivation. Let me read this one to you. It says here, the episodic media download technology ecosystem needs to become more seamless, more standardized, and more interconnected before it can become a mass medium. And again, I'm not necessarily, I mean, I'm not opposed to having mass audience and mass mediums, but I'm not necessarily sure that I believe that podcasting has to become a mass medium. And I'm certainly not sure that I want the ecosystem or I don't know if I want my podcasting efforts to be more standardized to meet some criteria that might be required by a license provided from a patent owner. And again, I'm not suggesting that that's what they're saying. I'm just reading this and that's what I'm hearing myself think out loud. All right. There are a few ways uh, such seamlessness can be achieved. Here's number one, they said. A standards body is created with, with all the constituent technology providers, directories, media players, devices, analytics, advertising, etc., participating and agreeing to common standards. Now, that's what the ADM is all about. So they're saying this is our motivation is for us to become more interconnected, to be more standardized, and to, be, to provide a more seamless experience for, our, for the consumers of this media. And one way to do that is through something like the Association for Downloadable Media. Number two, another option is a large company with a lot of market influence and momentum creates a de facto standard and everyone else follows or, and then there's a third option, which by the way, I I would say that, you know, that iTunes would be the most closely related option that would demonstrate what they're talking about there because iTunes has created some standards that you have to follow to be able to, to in, you know, to work in with them. Uh, And then number three, 
Number three says this. Uh, a company uses its intellectual property or their patent. Uh, I added that in there. Uh, a company will use its intellectual property to help drive a standard using using its intellectual property to help define and improve the ecosystem for the benefit of all participants. And I'm like, ugh, that sounds like evil empire to me, you know? And, and I can see where some people are getting a little bit up in arms about this. Okay, continuing on, this is still from the same blog entry from Volo Media site. It says, Volo Media's motivations are primarily driven by the desire and need to make the episodic download ecosystem work. So consumers have a real choice in how they consume any media that is available on the internet, whether in a web browser or at an aggregation site like Hulu or on a download and portable basis like Apple's iTunes, iPhone, or Microsoft's Zune. If anything, you know, if if they're going to do things that say, you know, hey, let's put some standards in place and and kind of license this to to I, I don't know. I, I I really I don't know anything about this. I'm just sharing with you. And and it's also new. So if anybody else, again, you know, this stuff, let me know. Uh, let's let's keep the We'll keep following the story for sure. Uh, anyways, they said uh, this and this is the next thing we will use our products technologies and patents to towards this goal so th- they 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 are saying their motivation here they will use this patent to force people into doing things that will in their opinion make things work in a more efficient in a more standard way now whether that not that means anything for us individually as podcast producers or if that means that you're, they're going to say to iTunes, it's like, hey, let's let's play nice and let's work. Let's create a standard that that's going to be the same experience for people, whether they're using Zune or iTunes or or whatever podcatching software they're using. Let's whether they're going to try to strong harm those companies into doing things that make it a little bit easier. I don't know, but uh, I think it's interesting. Who knows? This could end up being a good thing. I don't know. I don't know. We, I think, I think sometimes we we read these things and we assume the worst. Uh, but anyway, it says here we are intent on helping accelerate the growth and viability of downloadable episodic media. Much of its potential lies in the future. And you know, I've always said that. I, I still believe we are in the infant stages of podcasting. Uh, but I'm not necessarily we need a company that has a patent on podcasting to twist anybody's arms to do anything. I, I, th- I think that, you know, it's, it's possible to do it through other things. And, and of course, I, I'll provide a link to the actual pa- patent itself uh, in the show notes as well. Uh, but, you know, here, here's the thing. I come away from all of this and I just want to, to say, you know, I hope this is something that you know turns out to be nothing you know remember in in the audio clip that i said from this this week in tech you know a company tried to claim and get a patent that they they created and want to hold the patent for hyperlinking on the internet i mean it's ridiculous and i think that this is equally as ridiculous to be honest with you i mean to to sit there and say that you can get a patent for episodic content delivered on the internet i mean come on really Really? But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't, I, I think probably I've already given you a little bit too much of my reactionary response 
without really knowing more details. But at the same time, I didn't know how to react. I mean, this, this is who I am. This is what I'm thinking. These are the thoughts that came to my mind. What the implications will be to podcasters in the future have no clue. I don't, I'd, I'd like to think that it's really going to, I'd love to think it's just going to go away, but it seems like they are saying we will use our patent towards these goals that they have. So they have an agenda. Volo Media has an agenda and now they have this thing called a patent and what that means, I don't know. I have no clue, but I'm throwing it out there. I thought it was something that folks would need to know about. If you hadn't heard about it, now you've heard about it. And uh, here's here's the here's what I'm going to leave you with, and 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 I will leave you with this. And is don't lose sleep over this. Seriously, do not lose sleep over this. I, I if anybody should lose sleep over this, it would be somebody like myself, Leo Laporte, a couple other people. You know, we're our entire careers are are being based upon episodic content uh, from from a podcasting perspective. And uh, there's several others out there that are are very big into this. But I'll tell you right now, I am not going to lose sleep over this. I really do believe that, you know, if 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 they come out with something that is outrageous, ridiculous, that that would potentially shut down GSPN.TV, podcastanswerman.com and all that stuff. I can tell you, I'm not going down without a fight. And I know that, you know, if there's any one thing I know. That the, if you've got one community who could band together and create a a a movement of people who say, "Listen, we we don't roll like this," it would be the podcasting community. We are so connected, and and I can guarantee you that. I, I, and it's and it seems to me that the, since Volo Media is in the ADM, that they're working along podcasters. I don't know how other podcasters think about this. I'd love to know what you think about this. You can call it in. I'd have to think that they really are just trying to create some standards that make it easier. I, I, I can't imagine that they're going to say, you know, hey, you Joe Independent Art uh, Podcaster, we're going to make you do this. But I know the ADM, I know what their original idea was. And that was like, let's create some standards. It's not that everybody has to follow this. But if you want to become a member of the ADM and you want to be a part of this association and you can say, hey, I am a member of the ADM and I, I, uh, I do things according to these standards. And so therefore you can trust, you know, I'm a trusted source to use these standards for calculating audience size and downloads. And, and, and uh, I, you know, I agree to use those. And by the way, you know, I'm one of the places where you can spend your advertising dollars. That is totally cool with that, and if if that's the if that's the direction they're going, I don't know. It may maybe, and maybe a patent says to to a company like iTunes or or Apple or to Microsoft and say, hey, we've got a patent, and this is what we want, this is what we demand. But you know, I, really, it's too early to tell, and it's too early to lose any sleep or to be too anxious about this stuff. Let's keep our eye on it, and everything else will be fine, I'm sure, folks. Don't forget, if you need any audio equipment, give me a call this week. Area code 859-757-1399 is my direct number for my business. 859-757-1399. Also available for one-on-one consultant. I can even help you set up a WordPress page and all that other stuff. Get you submitted into iTunes. If you're like Sister Julie, I can help you set up your live shows and, and get great recordings from your live shows and, and stuff like that on TalkShoe or other various services. 
and also uh, podcast evaluations. I've got a quote quite a few of those things that uh, have come in and I'm looking forward to start doing that for you guys and if you want more details give me an email feedback at gspn.tv God bless we'll talk to you next week bye bye